0: It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches.
1: Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people thrill a lot of people a lot of people are gonna have to do some soul-searching
0: it's like you know what what are you doing you're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus right
1: thank you for the job you're doing thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues are vital to the church I feel sorry for what's coming your way but God bless you man it's it's a good healthy conversation And and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Uh, really excited about um, our guest that we're having on today, who's calling in on the phone. But before I get to that, just wanted to remind you about our new book that we actually just released called Church and State: How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. i uh, got a bunch of great contributing authors on that one, including uh, Pastor Greg Locke, Doctor Michael Brown, uh, Denise McAllister, Pastor Kerry Gordon, a bunch of great contributing authors. Really taking a look at the strategy of how the left is infiltrated into the Christian church, specifically for the purposes of, of overthrowing America, and we're. Seeing that play out before our very eyes today so definitely check that out go to gatekeepersonline.com com slash church and state you guys can use code jeff at checkout for 10 percent off and it's a, it's a great resource that i highly recommend that you guys um have and it's a must read for sure so definitely check that out okay i'm really excited about we're bringing back uh bishop robert e smith uh he's calling in on the phone but uh thank you bishop for joining us again and glad we can sit down and chat here for a little bit
0: my pleasure jeff my pleasure
1: yeah, definitely. And I feel like, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that you've really that you're really focusing on right now is is prayer specifically for our country and everything that's going on. Can you kind of explain w- what you guys are doing right now um, in, in regards to ma- really making this a focus?
0: Well, over the years, we've uh, we've been praying six days a week. We meet six days a week. Monday through Fridays, a.m., 6, we're praying. And once in a while, we'll have some extended prayer and intercession for various reasons. Um, The last time we we did a um, uh, from 11 p.m. to 7 um, a.m. all-night prayer we're focusing in on what's going on in politics that that's been a few years ago. Now um, Trump is getting ready to go into uh, this dilemma as the world might say Uh, it's time to get back to the all night prayers. The last time we did, it was Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday nights, five nights straight from 11 PM to 7 AM the next morning. And we did it once a month. We did it leading up to the elections. We did it for, for 13 months leading up to that election in that particular year of November. And not only do things happen nationally, but they happen in our state. All of our constitutional uh, offices are held by Christians now. Uh, and before that, years ago, we would fast and pray with things that were going on in the city. We had the gangs, gang violence, made the national news, the crips and the bloods. So we got the fasting and praying, marching at midnight in the hood, you know, praying in the street. So now with all that's going on with this voter fraud and with the Dems, all this stuff that's going on, we're getting people not only in the city, but from coast to coast in the U.S. and in Europe and in Africa, we're teaming up every Friday for the next, it was five Fridays, last Friday and four more Fridays from midnight to 5 a.m. We're going to be in all-night prayer for God to do something miraculous leading up to the um Inauguration day on January 20th. So uh, the Friday before the week of inauguration, we'll be all night praying that God will intervene for this nation big time with all this going on.
1: Yeah, and and that's, and that's so, and that's so important. And I think it's such, it's such an important reminder for, for Christians and, and believers specifically as well, because I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to politics and everything that's going on with our country, a lot of times it's like, hey, we gotta get involved. We gotta, we gotta get into, you know, activism mode and, you know, we gotta jump onto Twitter and start tweeting a lot and things like that. But then again, at a certain point, it's like we gotta kind of bring ourselves back we we got to pray because like right now it's it i feel like for a lot of people they feel like okay this is an impossible situation or an almost impossible situation which again should point us back towards praying and aligning ourselves with god's will and that sort of thing so how, how specifically are you guys praying like in the sense of are you praying for uh are you praying that you know god will overturn this election are you like like in what ways are you guys specifically uh praying right now well
0: we're praying that uh, they won't be able to do what they want to do to to President Trump because he's been a stopgap for the enemy who wants to really take over this world in communism and not only communism but Islam and not only communism and Islam but the big wigs of the elites that's all caught up with the satanic move toward the one world government. I said, Now, wait, I understand the prophetic word in the scriptures that talks about the enemy and the Antichrist and the systems and all that. But the scriptures that there will be sheep nations and goat nations. So that to be a sheep nation, means there are going to be nations that are not going to be uh, overran by the, the beast and by the the systems. So I believe that uh, Donald Trump was put in office by God like one man said he was, may not have been a Christian when he went in there but he's showing off one now. And I, I've been vetting and tracking and monitoring him And I've been around preachers all my life, and I'm going on 75 years old. And I can say emphatically, unequivocally, that President Trump is living better than a whole lot of preachers I know. So I don't want to hear from people who think he's a hater, divisive, and all that kind of stuff. The man is God's servant. We're praying that nothing negative happens to him, that God would use him to deal with the powers and the forces that be and protect his life, so whatever that means and however it looks, we're expecting God to do that.
1: Yeah, you know it, it, what's interesting too, kind of as you were talking about that, and you know about about you know Trump is living better than most preachers are, and, you know, which is I would I would emphatically agree with that with that statement. You know, one of the interesting things that that we've been talking about as of late on on a bunch of the shows here on this podcast network has been. A lot of the evangelical leaders that have really been coming out condemning Trump, condemning Trump supporters. Um, They've been saying that, you know, Trumpism and nationalism are, you know, the biggest threat to the children of God that they've seen in their lifetime and things like that. What do you make of that when you've got people, you know, like the heads of the Southern Baptist Convention and some of these other big Christian organizations that are making these claims and really going after Trump supporters and Trump himself uh, and saying that it's completely unchristian to do so?
0: Well, like I said before, the church has been caught with its diapers down and milk on the mustache. The church has been exposed for its spiritual immaturity and lack of spiritual discernment and got caught with this plague, not being able to deal with it. And so they don't want to blame themselves. They want to find something else to blame, someone else to blame. So who is better to blame? than the one is in the White House. Well, uh, whether it's Southern Baptists, whether it's Pentecostalism, or whatever the case is, the diapers are down and the milk is on the mustache. We've been found out. I tell people, look, if you knew the rules that govern the kingdom, and if you were engaged with the full armor of God, including the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts, and those darts mean missiles in the Greek, we would not... Have stopped meeting, we would not be wearing masks, we would not be social distancing. I, I agree with one uh, uh, someone who said what the church needs to do is do like Martin Luther King did: nonviolent social disobedience, civil disobedience. In other words, we are not going to comply with any of these these things. The church is just weak. And we have to call it like it really is. And that's what I'm doing. But we're having to pray so that the backlash we're getting, we're getting to backlash from some people. But uh, those that we can talk to and talk through, they're saying, yeah, yeah, you're right. We've been caught. And and some of them are repenting. But some of them are, uh, are being taken out. I say God is taking out certain leaders because they don't have faith for this time. So they have to leave, and some leaders he's leaving to, to show his displeasure with their reckless living and reckless communications. The the body of Christ is ill prepared because his leadership is ill prepared. So God is saying judgment now must begin at the house of God. So these people are crying, uh, you know, and screaming, house on fire pants on fire because they've been caught with the diapers down and the milk on the mustache and ill-prepared but america is going to be a sheep nation with all the corruption all the stuff that's been going on and abortion and, and homosexuality god's going to take this place through the great tribulation for purification to become a sheep nation and use it as an eagle that will protect israel in a time of war, uh-huh, because as you know, and I know, Jerusalem is spelled J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. So USA is right in the middle of, of Jew Lamb. So we, we're on we're on the right track. And we're going to get this message out because Christ said this message will be uh, preached to, to the whole world. Then shall the end come. So we have Christ on our side. We have Uh, The Holy Spirit operating on our side. The word is on our side. Uh, Trump is is going to trump the situation. I, I just don't have any doubt about that. And it's going to shock the people. It's going to shock China. It's going to shock Iran. It's going to shock Russia. It's going to shock people. But that's the way it is. And I believe that's the way it's going to be.
1: Yeah, you know, and it it's it's really interesting too. You know, discussing about the 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 kind of globalist nature, I think of of the Democrats and Joe Biden, and, and even and I, and I would make the argument as well. A lot of a lot of the establishment Republicans, as well as a lot of the evangelical leadership, it seems like everything that they're pushing for is this globalist new world order, one world government, one world currency, and that seems to be where they're all pointing. And, you know, it's it's really interesting that, that this very strange kind of unification within that kind of globalist push is going on. And I think that really we're in this spiritual battle right now. Uh, it's not just Republican versus Democrat. It's literally good versus evil. And then the question then becomes, what do we have to do? in order to triumph as the church? You know, because I know you were mentioned we, we've been dealing with abortion for many, many years. We've been dealing with homosexuality for many years. We've been dealing with kind of a godless society for many years. What do we got to do to actually turn things around, in your opinion?
0: Well, there, there are two scenarios. Uh, they're going to be overcomers. Always, they're going to be overcomers. And those overcomers in the church must do the work of the church must bring in a harvest. Some people call it revival, but whatever the case may be, we're going to overcome as overcomers and do what impacts the world, even if it's in a negative way to let people know that Christ is alive. He is Lord. He is coming back. And there's nothing you can do about those overcomers who's out there promoting that truth. But then again, there are a lot of religious people, even church people, that are not overcomers. And I tell people, if you're not in Revelation 12, overcoming, then you're going to be in Revelation 13 and be overcome by that beast. So you choose. And and I'm just telling people, look, don't get left behind. Here's a short little treatise on Elijah and Elisha and the sons of the prophets. I said, that's the church. Elijah is representation of the overcomers. Elisha is representation of those who are close to truth and close to overcoming, but they have to stay close to the overcomer because they're going to need a, a double portion of what the, the overcomer has. Uh, moving into chapter thirteen, and then you have the sons of the prophets. They stood to be afar off. That's the general church. The general church is anemic, viewing from afar. They don't know the rules of engagement. And when enough Christians are taken out because the enemy is going to kill, steal, and destroy, then the church is going to wake up. And then prayer is going to be going on on all over the world. And like the scripture says, the angels are going to be involved with our prayers to make sure they get before God in heaven, but there's going to be blood in the street before that happens. But we don't have to be a part of that bloodlet. That bloodlet. We can be the larger group, the overcomers.
1: Yeah. Now, 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 now in now now in dealing with it, with this specifically with being the overcomers, because again, we're we're kind of differentiating between you know kind of the the visible church versus the true church I think to a certain degree with where we're at right now within America now do do you feel like we're kind of at that point where we we almost need like a new reformation where we're going to kind of we need to we need to separate from a lot of these visible leaders cuz like that that's that's been my kind of debate going on within my mind on one hand it's like obviously we want to reform from within. So like I've got a lot of friends and a lot of people that, that I work closely with that are part of like the Southern Baptist Convention, right? So they're, and they're very concerned when you have a lot of these leaders that are going very progressive, very, you know, pushing it more towards the left and things like that. And then the question becomes, do they keep trying to fight within these organizations or do we need to completely separate from them and treat them as almost like as false teachers? You know,
0: I'm recommending people don't try to change a structure. The thing to do is study the body of Christ, study Christ, study the real true church, go to the scriptures. You don't have to be a part of an organization or denomination or affiliation or a reformation. You don't have to be a part of any of that. Get together with uh, uh, 10, 15 other people. I'm doing a, a, session for some people in europe and i'm and we're doing it once a week they're gathering in homes over there uh so the church is going back to the house church so to speak the church that meets in the house uh, a lot of the temple meetings are on hold anyway because pastors are afraid and i tell folks if you got a pastor that's preaching to you from a mask, he has a mask on and he's preaching to you behind a mask, get out of there, leave it. Because he doesn't have faith for himself and certainly don't have faith for yourself. And and that, he can be a bishop, so-called apostle, he could be in the ministry 50 years. But if he has the audacity that his nerves are steel to get up in front of a congregation with a mask on and preach through a mask, he has no faith. You need to find somebody with some faith. If it, if it has to be in a home with ten or fifteen people.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that—that's really—that's really interesting too um, that, that you make that point because you know, like I, again, I'm out here and I was I was referred to as Communist California, but I'm out here in California where. We're, we've got curfew, we've got lockdowns, churches are being told they can't gather together. Um, you know, we've been, we've been even struggling with our church to a little bit of the way that they're kind of, you know, gathering or not gathering and making some of their decisions and things like that. And it, and it's really interesting too because for a lot of people, they make it seem like wearing the mask is the loving thing to do. Even if you, even if you don't believe that it's effective, it's making somebody else feel good. But, but for you, you're saying, you know, you shouldn't even go to a church where the pastor is wearing a mask. So, What's your principle behind that perspective?
0: Well, the scripture tells us that we have a shield of faith. And the shield of faith uh, quenches all the fiery darts or the missiles of the adversary. So coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever this uh, mutating virus is, our faith is our protection. We have, look. I've come in contact with COVID-19 so many times I can't even count. But what happens is the faith extracts all that from you. It just doesn't take you down at all. You can, you can look, people wearing masks are the ones who catching the virus. Not the people that's not wearing it. The people that's wearing it are catching it. So it's the faith factor. And also there's a fear factor. Fear works like faith, but fear brings what you don't want while faith brings you what you want. And people don't understand that when Job was afraid and feared, the very thing he feared and was great afraid of came to him. So fear is, if, you, if people are walking around in fear, if the leadership is in fear, the best thing to do is take cover behind the shield of faith that quenches all of those virus viral dots. There's more coming. The the CCP virus is just the introduction. There's some more stuff coming. Uh when you read the book of Revelation, you're gonna have to have God's mark in your head, your forehead, in your mind, in your heart to protect all of your body parts. So it's just that again, we've been caught with our diapers down and milk on the mustache. And we can't discern from good and evil, so we're going the way of the world's wisdom, and it's not working.
1: Yeah, now, now, now you know, dealing with the mass that that's one thing. But then now we've got now we've got the vaccine, which seems like it's becoming the ultimate kind of virtue signal that's go that's going on, where you have a lot of these you know politicians and celebrities and everybody come out like saying, "Hey, I'm taking the vaccine. I care about everybody. Anybody who doesn't take it, again, you're not being loving. You're not caring about your neighbor, and things like that." What's, what's your take and your view on the vaccine? Because, again, I'm hearing everything. You know, Some people are saying this is the mark of the beast. Some people are saying this is setting up for conditioning people for the mark of the beast. Um, other people are just concerned about what's in it. What's, what's your take when it comes to like vaccines and the things like that?
0: Well, the scripture tells me the entrance of the word, God's word, gives life. And God has already given us a vaccine. It's called his divine nature. But his divine nature is living dormant in Christians who don't know what the exceeding great and precious promises of God are. So therefore, they're not getting the benefit of the vaccine that's living on the inside of us already. That word has to be released, that we were born of, called the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God that lives and abides forever. So the scripture says in Hebrews 4, verse uh, 12, the word of God is alive and energizing and sharp and it divides the functionality of our soul and spirit. And it gets to the joints and marrow. So the word of God gets into the marrow that makes the blood and minister to your super T-cells and energizes them and fight out all of the free radicals that attack your physicality factor. So people don't know that when We got a new covenant. Get this. A new covenant is better because it's built on better promises. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, and all of them, they didn't get sick and die. They just went to sleep. And Moses had to go to the mountain so God could take his spirit from him. He wasn't going to be sick at all. 120, his natural forces never abated, and, and they didn't even have the promises that they were looking forward to. They all died in faith, having not received the promise. But now we have these promises, dearly beloved, so we should cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Stop going out here eating like pigs and doing all kinds of stuff to damage our bodies and start building our faith because the vaccine is on the inside of our spirit. And when we go to pray, get on our knees, at least an hour, Jesus said, couldn't you not tarry now? You will activate that light, that Zoe life of God, and it will illuminate your mind and regulate your heart and get to all your body parts. Like I say, we come in contact with people that had COVID this and COVID that, and we lay hands on them. We pray for them. We hug them. We kiss them. And we're not catching anything because we know that God has already given us a, a divine vaccine called his word.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that too, like, it's so important and it's so evident too, like, w- w- hearing the fact that you guys are spending so much time in prayer and that, that that's such a big Important aspect of your ministry, and I think that for a lot of churches and a lot of ministries, that seems to be the thing that's oftentimes put at the back burner. We've got to do all of our programs, we've got to do all of our, you know, all of our actual quote unquote ministry or things like that. When in reality, you know, obviously you're praying for God to move, but also a, a huge byproduct uh, of prayer is really it's aligning yourself with God's will. And, and I think that that's such an important thing that we really need in America today is I think that for the majority of Americans, we're living in this time where we're not aligned with God's will. We're, we're aligned with our own will. And I think that that's a very important aspect that if, if we want to turn things around, we've got to figure out how to be obedient and align ourselves with God's will, um, as opposed to the other, as opposed to trying to do it the other way around. Time is running
0: out. We, we got to get with the program. Uh, like I said, what's coming down the pike is a lot more serious than what we're facing now. When I go into stores now or go to places of businesses, like I was there the other day, uh, uh, service in my car. They said, well, you need a mask on? I told them, I do not wear masks." mask. said, well, you have to have, have a mask to take care of business. I said, I do not wear masks, mask, and we are going to take care of business. You know what we did? We took care of business. I say, I don't play that stuff. I say, and and if you're young, I'll be nice to you. But if you have gray hair and you've been around here 70 years and up and you're afraid and telling me I need a mask, I'm going to lay you out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay you out as a as a shame and a shame to society to be living on this planet for over 70 years and you're afraid to die. Whatever you been doing with your life. I said, you need to get out of the young people's way. Now, I I have permission from the Lord to talk that way to people who have gray hair because we all we've been doing is going on our, our cruises, you know, just fattening ourselves up and not really getting into this word. By the time we're 70 years old, we should be walking epistles that are known and read to men when people see us coming. And certain stores that go in like Walmart now, they don't even talk to me anymore. They just, when they see me coming, they just step aside. I go to Home Depot. They don't say anything to me because I'm going to lay the word on him right quick. I say, if you call the police, you can call the police chief. I've already sat down and talked to him. You can call the governor. I told the governor how to become the governor, and that's why he's governor. You can tell the county sheriff. The county sheriff, he's not going to bother me. The state troopers, they're not going to bother me. Why? Because I tell people, look, the church is a essential aspect of the whole planet, and if you take us out of our element. We die. And so we're not going to die because of your, because of your fear and your trepidation. I'm not, we're not doing that. And so that's my job right now is to, to challenge people that's walking in fear and do like Jesus did. He told them, fear not, only believe.
1: Yeah. Fear not, only believe absolutely now now you know you know as as we're kind of wrapping up here too but i I wanted to take bring it back bring it back to the all of this like election fraud and specifically uh you know what you guys are praying for and and all of that but but specifically looking at this election obviously you know everybody's saying this was the most important election in our lifetime it's like like i keep saying it's it's a spiritual battle it's between good and evil and all of that When, when we're looking at what What a potential Joe Biden presidency would be like what's what's your biggest concern where you feel like, okay, you know we're we're praying for God's intervention in this specific situation because this this is what the Democrat Party represents. This is what a Joe Biden presidency represents.
0: If Joe Biden gets to the White House after his forty years, In Congress and eight years in the White House already If he gets to the White House It tells me That Church Is over As you have ever known it Church is over Um, Only the Strong who know their God Will be able to do anything because this man Is nothing but a straight out puppet When I was a boy I looked at Howdy Doody I looked at Knucklehead and I looked at all of those, those little cartoons. This man is a puppet, and he has no will of his own. And China will be in charge from this that point going forward. And i tell you what, the pe- people that I minister to and pastor, they're going to know what to do. We're going to be in prayer seven days a week. That would be the sign, seven days a week. And somebody is going to be in prayer all night, every night. You may not be the same person, but pe- people will be in prayer seven days a week and praying all night, seven nights a week. because so Joe Biden is it's is, is lights out.
1: Yeah. Like, like I keep saying, it, it's, it's kind of do or die time right now, right now for America. But again, you know, we, we, we have our faith in God. You know, we know that, we know that he's in control. And, uh, you know, and that, that's why we turn to him in prayer. So, so if people want to, you know, whether it's like a pastor in his church or whatever it is, if people want to get involved and participate in your, in your guys' time of prayer and, you know, really try to find this unification across the country among believers, what's the best way for them to do that and get for more information on what you guys are doing?
0: Well, if they call our office, uh, we'll hook them up with our prayer points and our time, and we'll get them into the back door of Facebook because we don't want to put it on Facebook Live. We'll we'll give them a back door entrance so that they can be a part of the prayer that goes throughout the night. It may be daytime where they are in another country out out east, uh, or maybe in California a couple of hours behind us. But just call our number, uh, 501-663-0362. Or if they are pastors and leaders, they can call my number. They can call my number at 501-952-6501. And we'll give them that info. And we'll kind of email things out or text things out to them. And uh, they can be a part of what God is doing. The Lord is going to move. You can be sure of it. He's going to move. These past 40 years, anytime something went down, God had us to pray and fast. And he's going to do something miraculous between now and the 20th of January.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, and it's really interesting too, and th- this is, this is something that I've really been, you know, studying and looking at, um, you know, you know, during all of this craziness of 2020 is when, when we look throughout the Old Testament and even through the New Testament, and even church history to a certain degree, it seems like God always waits to move until it's, it's practically impossible time. And I think a lot of that is because then, He's the one that gets all the glory, and I and I feel like we're kind of at that point right now in America where America is totally going down the tubes, chaos, sin, anarchy, you know, just craziness going on, and it, and it's almost like God's just like, okay, just we're just gonna wait until the impossible, and then that way he gets the glory. It can't be Donald Trump gets the glory or we get the glory. It's 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 got to be him because he's the only one that can pull this thing off.
0: Exactly, I agree one hundred percent.
1: Yep, definitely. Well, well, Bishop, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate your time and your insight and, and your wisdom and all of that. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, just remind everybody, uh, if they want more information on what you guys are doing, uh, like your website and the best way to connect with you guys.
0: Well, uh, it, the best thing to do is just call us. Okay. Because of the website and all that, Total Outreach for Christ Ministries, Somebody hacked into that and put pornography up there. Just call us straight
1: up. Sounds good. So I will. I I will put the. It's in us already. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy. So I I will. I will put the. uh, I'll put the phone number in the show notes. That way, people can uh, have access to that if they like to reach out to you guys. But again, Bishop, I really appreciate appreciate you coming on. Um, I always enjoy our conversations, and we'll we'll definitely have to have you back on again sometime.
0: Amen. God bless.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You as well. And everybody else that's watching as well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're actually uh, taking this over to Rumble to like, bypass a lot of the censorship that's going on as well. So make sure you guys check us out over there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we shall catch you guys next time.